We're just starting a new theme with the new year, and we're going to be looking at some very short, well, very small elements of the broad area of worship. And um, today's theme is worshiping the God that we encounter. And we're going, we're going to be dealing with the idea of how do we discover, how do we get to know this God better, and what is our response in this discovery and this um, gradual knowledge um, of him. Um, we're going to be doing four Sundays, and um, so today we're just going to touch base with the idea of worship in general and with the things that I have uh, shared. Next Sunday we're going to be talking about worship as a lifestyle, so as individuals. The following Sunday, the third Sunday of January, we're going to be talking about worship as a community and what does it mean for us. And then all of these are intentional because all of these themes are be, uh, will be looking at the, the whole idea that what we're going to be doing on the 25th of January, which is our covenant service, where we commit ourselves to God and commit ourselves to one another. Um, it's been very interesting because uh, looking back in the last year or the last two years, there has been this um, idea that we, we, we need to encourage one another to be witnessing, we need to be encouraging one another that we, we should be more intentional in our workplace or in whatever we do with our families and stuff. And somehow the, the, the idea of worship has been, I, undermined is too, too big of a word, but it has not been addressed in such a way. So um, as leadership, me, Pete and Dave, we've been thinking about this. And uh, it, is, it is very important that we kind of start thinking about worship because once, once we've started grasping a little bit about worship, then we will be able to witness. Then we will be able to share about the God that we worship. And that's why I have themed uh, today's sermon, Worshipping the God that we encounter. Um, Mark, can you help us with some different propositions or definitions about worship? Um, have a look at those. Graham Kendrick says, Worship is God's enjoyment of us and our enjoyment of Him. Ralph Martin, New Testament scholar, British, Worship is the dram dramatic celebration of God and His supreme worth in such a man manner that his worthiness becomes the norm and the inspiration for human living. Westminster Shorter Catechism, man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. You've got these definitions in your um, papers. And then Christopher Ellis, Baptist minister, says Christian worship, and I think he, he's... he's uh, dealing with a different element of worship, is the gathering of the church in the name of Jesus Christ and in the power of the Holy Spirit in order to meet God through scripture, prayer, proclamation and sacraments and to seek his kingdom. So, 
what do we do with worship? How, how do we worship the God that we encounter? What is, what is our norm? What is our individual pattern? What is our pattern as a church? And the, the, the idea of worshipping God is, is such a broad idea because it comes, it comes from each and every one of us in a different way. But on the same time, we see that in scriptures, there is this um, big response, this odd response towards the greatness of God. So in order to worship God, we need to discover Him. And by discovering Him, we get to know Him. And our response to that discovery and our response to that element of getting to know Him better, that is our worship. So we're going to be thinking of these areas. On the area of this, on discovering, I'd like to, to draw us the attention to, attention to Jeremiah 29:13, where God says to the Jews, you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your hearts. Unfortunately, sometimes we detour to discover God's. Unfortunately, sometimes we discover God through pain. We discover God through different circumstances. And all of these things kind of help to draw us the attention to point to Him. I just want to bring our attentions to two passages that for me, are quite staggering. We've been dealing with uh, the Gospel of Mark, with Christianity Explored, so I've been reading a lot from Mark. But there are two moments in the Gospel of Mark that are moments of discovery. The first one is the moment when Jesus is with his disciples on the boat. You read in the different testaments, or different, sorry, different Gospels, <coughs> what Jesus is doing. He's in the boat. He falls asleep, and all of a sudden, the boat with the disciples finds itself in a thunderstorm. Now, these are the guys that have been staying with Jesus. They've been under his teaching. They've been sharing their life with Jesus. They wake him up. He calms the storm. And I love that part in Mark. Have I given the reference? Um, Mark chapter 4, when they ask the question, who is this guy that has got the authority? Let me give you the right version. Verse 41, the last verse of chapter 4. So, this is the moment that Jesus has just quieted and uh, stilled the, 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 the winds. 
And he said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Discovering God and coming to the senses to say, Whoa, it's much bigger than the God that I have created. It's much bigger than the God that I have envisaged. It's much bigger than the God that I can think of with my limited thinking. The other moment, which is a bit more revolutionary, is the moment with the a Roman centurion <coughs> at the cross. I think it's Mark chapter 15, verse 39. So they've just crucified Jesus on the cross. And they've been dealing, you know, they've been doing all sorts of things to Jesus. But in the same time, there were some of the things that happened, like the earthquake and like other things that happened while Jesus crucified. And on Verse 39, well, verse 38 talks about the curtain of the temple coming or being torn from top to bottom. And when the centurion who stood there in front of Jesus heard his cry and saw how he died, he said, surely this man was the Son of God. Surely, it can't be otherwise. After all these things, after all these things that have happened, he comes to this place of discovery and he says, surely, this must be the Son of God. Otherwise, it can't happen. So, in discovering God, Perhaps you've got different experiences. Perhaps you have come to that place of saying that to this day, I didn't know that God was this. But because of my experience, because of my situation, or because of the encounter with the Scripture, I see a different side of God. And if we put that discovery towards the idea of getting to know Him better, and that's my next slide. We, we think of people that got to know God. Have a look this afternoon in your spare time on the Hall of Faith. Hebrews 11, Abraham, Jacob, <coughs> Joseph, all those guys that walked with God. And you, 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 you think, is this real, the whole of faith? When you see that they are so feeble, they're so weak as people, because you read about the life of Abraham and you're saying, what's going on here? How could he be worshipping God on the basis of knowing him? Feeble 
but the clouds of witness, the Bible says. We are surrounded by this cloud of witness. Now, when we talk about getting to know God, I think there is, there is some areas of danger here. One area of danger is our intellect, our own mind. And I, I say that with, um, with conviction because I have experienced that for myself. That sometimes my own mind stops me to get to know God in the nitty and gritty because I think and because I think, therefore I am. Another dangerous place where it can have an influence on us getting to know God is our culture. And the, the most worrying thing is that sometimes the church of God, the community of disciples of Jesus, in, in the good will, the good passion to know God better, and in the good will and passion to be open and embracive and all those things, we step into the danger of syncretism where we mix God with the culture. And a bit of this and a bit of that. Now, I do come from a very syncretic, whatever you call it, culture back home, where, yes, there is a religion, but there is additional stuff that are added to this particular religion that they have nothing to do with God, they have nothing to do with the scriptures, they have nothing to do with the knowledge of God. So this is a slippery slope. The other danger, so I've talked about the mind, I've talked about culture. The other danger is that sometimes we make God in our getting to know him as our commodity. By that I mean that we've got certain sets values and certain set views. And I think it's a little bit broader than the culture thing, because then we want for God to fit into the set values and ethics and stuff that we're dealing with ourselves and we are passionate about, and we want for God to fit that bill. And by limiting God into that, we're stopping ourselves and we're stopping one another to encounter God and to get to know him more. So the question is, what aspects of God's nature do you tend to recognize in your own life? What aspects of God's nature do you tend to recognize in the life of Cairns Road as a community? Not only on a Sunday, but when we leave this building until we meet the following week. And in our, in our discovery and in our getting to know God, do we, I ask the question to myself, 
Do we anticipate, do we expect that we would know God better this year than the previous year? Or are we happy with the information that we've got? Things that we know about God and that is sufficient for us to plod along and come on a Sunday service. I hope I'm not sounding harsh, but when it comes to responding, there is, there is a phrase there. Worship begins with a heart that has touched the heart of God, the heart that truly knows the one that we worship. The immediate example that came to my mind was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. If you want, you can open your Bibles in the book of Daniel. Daniel chapter 3. And here we've got an, an incident where there is a law that has been put across the land, that there is this big statue that with the blowing of the trumpets, everybody should bow down and pay tribute to this statue. Apart from three guys. Daniel chapter 3 says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are encountering with the king now. They're being questioned, why did they not bow down to this figure, to this statue? King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hands. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gods you have set up. That is worship. That is discovering. That is getting to know. And that is responding in worship to what God has done for them. That they are so passionate about it. That they cannot make a different decision other than to worship God. What should our response be? The last slide says that personally, I think as Christians, we have got this place of facts and figures. And we need to challenge one another and challenge ourselves to move to this place 
of spiritual worship. From our set ideas, set ethics, from our set, set up ways, really, to come to this place that we take a hard decision. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that was a hard decision. It came from here, and even if there was a furnace going on, we will not do otherwise. From a place of demands to a place of gratitude. And that is the reason why, why I started off this morning service. And this is the place that we encounter God. And this, 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 this encountering of God, of getting to know Him, this, this is what helps us to shift from that place of a shopping list to that place of saying, God, we thank you. From a place of sad views to a place of surprises. God is much bigger and much greater than my set views. So God surprised me. And he has. Something that has been very, a high point for me in 2014 has been the day that I went out for treasure hunting with Jane Taylor. I've got set views about treasure hunting, and God surprised me. And God came to surprise me in a way that I did not expect. And if there is one of the highlights of my ministry in 2014, has been this idea of me having my set views and you saying, God, you should function in one, two, three ways because I'm making it. But God has got different sets of rules and different sets of doing things. From a place of agitation to a place of contentment, from a place of treating God as a commodity to a place of getting to know Him in all the attributes. What are your top five attributes of God that you like the most? What are the other attributes of God that you're not so sure about because it deals with genocide? because it deals with anger, because it deals with wrath. And how do we deal with the attributes of God in whole, who He is, and what He does on response to those attributes? From a place of chocolate and flowers once a week to a place of committed, intimate, conversational relationship. If I took Ruth every week, chocolates and flowers. I'm sure she'll be very happy. <laughs> but if there was no communication, 
I'll just knock, give the box of chocolate and flowers and leave. And there was no communication. There was no conversation. That doesn't go well with being a husband and a wife. So by that, by flowers and chocolate once a week, I mean that we treat Sunday as the place that we do our worship bit and the rest of the week moves on as it should normally because life has got its own <coughs> impact and routines. But God wants us, God is inviting us to know Him. God is asking us to come to Him with all our burdens and know Him. And in the basis of that knowledge and in the basis of that encounter, we have that response that we want to shy, to, to move from that place of shyness and timidity to that place of being proud. I'll close with this verse from Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter, I think it's nine, but yeah. Jeremiah chapter nine, twenty-three. This is what the Lord says. Let not the wise boast of their wisdom, or the strong boast of their strength, or the rich boast of their riches. But let the one who boasts boast about this. They, they have the understanding to know me, that I am Lord, who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth. For in this I delight, declares the Lord. From that place of timidity to that place of taking pride in God. So, how are we going to encounter God this week? How are we going to allow space to discover Him? What are some of the things that we will make sure that we do that will not stop us to get to know Him better? In order that we fulfill the ultimate purpose of our creation to worship Him.